0: Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started.
1: Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com.
0: All right, I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and today uh, we're speaking to Congresswoman Lauren Boebert and Congressman Tom Tiffany regarding the uh, Trust the Science Act, a bill that they're both supporting. Thank you both so much for coming on to discuss such an important topic. Thank you so
1: much for having us.
0: I I know that, um, uh, Congressman Tiffany, we had spoken regarding this before, and it looks like you're getting a lot more support on the floor.
2: Yeah, um, there's certainly more interest. And I really want to thank uh Representative Boebert, who has um led on this. And uh, of course, you know, been a big issue across our states. And uh, you know, it, it, it's time to delist the wolf and allow our states to manage the wolf population. It's as simple as that.
0: Well, I mean, here's here's a question for you. I know that it was. Uh, originally relisted by a California federal judge. Why is it that we're allowing people to make decisions on topics that they're not qualified to make a major decision on?
2: Yeah, the reason is it is not in statute. And that's exactly what Representative Boebert and I are attempting to accomplish with this bill is we want to put it in statute that the management of the wolf shall be with the states and uh, you know, for example, in Wisconsin about a decade ago, this predates the California judge. There was a DC judge here that relisted the wolf about a decade ago. and after it was like two or three successful seasons in Wisconsin where we uh, the state proved that they could manage the wolf. Um, uh, that judge took it away from us. And what we need to do is put it in statute so that the state shall the states shall do the management. We had 26 wildlife biologists that said a decade ago, um, this has met the delisting requirements of the Endangered Species Act. You should delist. And otherwise, it's going to jeopardize the Endangered Species Act. And that's if I just take another second here, it's one of the reasons if if you truly care about wildlife, and even if, let's say you're an anti-hunting person, you should want this bill to pass because this could endanger the Endangered Species Act. The Endangered Species Act is meant to um, recover a wildlife population. It has now recovered. It's a success story. And the, that um, the Endangered Species Act could be jeopardized. And that's what those wildlife bio- biologists emphasized.
0: Now, um, I mean, the wolf is an apex predator. Uh, so is, so are people. What happens when you put two apex predators in the same sandbox?
2: Lauren, you wanna go ahead on that?
1: Sure, well, um, certainly um, we have farmers and ranchers that are going um, to to have to do what they can to protect their livestock to protect their their property um, and uh, even as a mom I- I'm concerned about children um you know I mean this is this is a big deal um, in Colorado uh, it was actually our uh, voters that voted wolves back in and what this does doesn't help Colorado, but it does protect the other states that want to have a say, and we, we will put this into statute because we had an activist judge uh, in 2020 from California um, say uh, uh, put them back on the endangered species list and just as Congressman Tiffany said. This was a success with the Endangered Species Act. So let's celebrate it and remove them from that list and then give make sure that the states have the rights to have a say in, in what they want in their state. Um, I'm so happy that we are leading um, 20 of our other colleagues um, in this, uh, 21 other colleagues in this uh, effort. And I, I, I truly hope that um, we're able to get this across the finish line uh, because if you look at places where wolf, wolf, um, wolves have been increased, um, even reintroduced, um, like Yellowstone, I, there's so much to the ecosystem that isn't doing so well anymore. Um, so we, we have to do what we can to be able to protect um, our states, um, our areas, uh, when it comes to hunting, when it comes to our farmers and our ranchers and their livestock. This is very, very important. In Colorado, it was Denver and Boulder that voted for Western Colorado to have wolves. And I think it would be fine if we just captured them all as an apex predator, put them in cages, and sent them down to Boulder where they really want them. Um, I think that should be a a catch and release uh, program that all Republicans can even get behind.
0: Well, how has it affected your state, the reintroduction of wolves?
1: Well, so in in my state, it hasn't exactly affected us just yet. Um, They haven't fully um, uh, uh, introduced this yet, but we already have wolves. And um, that's what we were trying to communicate to voters while the ballot initiative was live and uh, communications were going on with that um, because uh, extreme environmentalists and the left were saying that we did not have any wolves and we have farmers and ranchers that can absolutely say otherwise. Mm -hmm. And um, oddly enough, uh, as soon as the the ballot measure passed, and we said we were going to reintroduce wolves, well then, st- um, some some folks from our state legislature and even our governor were were posting pictures of wolves that we have in our district and saying, "Look how wonderful these uh, these animals are!" I'm like, oh well, where would you find those? Because I didn't think we had them in the district. Uh, but you know, this is something that. Um, is a problem. It's not a massive problem in in Western Colorado at this time because we have so few. But a reintroduction of the gray wolf, which is not native um, to Colorado, uh, this would be a massive
2: problem. Yeah, there's no doubt, and I would um, go on in regard to that, Chris. Um, Representative Bolbert is absolutely correct as. Um, those wolf numbers will grow exponentially because we saw it in Wisconsin. The the, uh, uh, carrying capacity that the Fish and Wildlife Service still has on record that goes back to 1999 is 800 wolves in the upper peninsula of Michigan and Wisconsin together. They still have not changed that from 100. There's well over 1,000, probably over 2,000 wolves in the state of Wisconsin, but it's harming livestock producers. uh, uh, Families see their pets taken regularly. And if you look at the big public land areas, um, county, county, state, and federal forests, you find very few deer anymore where you have these vast tracts of land. So what used to be a great tradition in northern Wisconsin, the deer hunting season, the uh, 10-day gun deer season, you don't see nearly as many people that come up anymore because they will not find deer on those vast expanses. And And think about that. Some of those deer hunters, they don't have uh, property that they own, um, you know perhaps a house in the city or whatever and you're not going to hunt there. They would go to these big expanses of public lands and that's where they would hunt in the fall. They don't do it anymore because wolves have driven the deer out of there. And deer have largely become urbanized. Uh, Where I live in northern Wisconsin, you see them real tightly clustered where you see houses and things like that in the towns and villages and whatever. And uh, so it has had a great impact in a number of different ways. People don't have an objection to having wolves on the landscape, but like any other wildlife species, they need to be managed.
0: Well, I mean... You know, the, the um, conservation model, the hunter conservation model, it works. We've managed deer herds, elk herds, coyote. We, we've managed wildlife across the nation, and the numbers have flourished. Now, the wolf can have two litters a year, four, five, seven pups per, per, uh, per wolf. Uh, the numbers are going to explode. And you've seen that with the elk herds in in Yellowstone National Park, they're they're decimating. They're killing machines. Um, but with the uh, expansion of building uh, and the you know uh, the forests uh, shrinking, where are the wolves going to go? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's what we're afraid of. And and you know the the gray wolf is fully recovered, and it should remain delisted. I I mean, that's simply what uh, Congressman Tiffany and I are saying. We should keep it delisted in the lower 48 states, and we should determine how to manage the the, um, uh, states should determine how to manage their local uh, gray wolf populations. For far too long, our, our farmers and ranchers have been powerless to defend their livestock from gray wolf attacks. And so That's why he and I are on this Trust the Science Act, and it empowers states uh, and and puts people ahead of violent predators. We need to actually analyze the data objectively. And instead of letting Endangered uh, um, Species Act um, listings as decisions be made by leftist activists, this is something that we battle on a regular basis. Um, Mm -hmm. These activists um, override um, law. They 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 create law. They they get judges to have injunctions and and override the will of the people. And and so this is what this um, trust the science act is is trying to correct and and prevent in this um, particular situation because it's it's not going to be something that's. Um, just a, a drive in the park and look, you see a pretty wolf like I, I so many people are deceived into thinking I mean, this is an actual problem, the diseases that they carry um, that that can transfer transfer into your home into your, uh, your livestock and your animals, um, your your dog can carry that in um, to your children and I mean, these are these are life threatening diseases. Um, so there's, there's so much more that goes into it than, than just the wolf itself, uh, but there are over 6,000 wolves in population right now. Um, it, it, they simply should not be listed in the Endangered Species Act. As Congressman Tiffany started out, um, he said, uh, you know, th- this is a success and um, it's actually great for the Endangered Species Act. This is, this is a program to help um, make sure that we have um, robust populations of uh, specific animals, and it, it's an insult to this program to say, "Okay, it was a success, but we're keeping it on there."
0: Well, I mean, the, their their reintroduction has been a, a success; their numbers mm-hmm. have flourished. Uh, but the the wolf is the poster child for the animal rights activists. Do they take into uh, account the ripple effect of? Reintroducing them to an area where the herds are being decimated, they're coming into uh, the residential areas. The farmers are uh, are in peril of losing their livestock and and possibly a child. Right. The, uh, you
2: know, hey, uh, Chris. hey, Chris. So you're starting to get to the heart of the matter. Um, what is the why and who is behind this? So let's repeat: twenty six wildlife biologists. From the upper Great Lakes states said a decade ago when the judge in Washington, DC, by the way, Lauren, Judge Burl Howell, um mm-hmm. the uh, that uh when she said we're going to relist, they said 26 wildlife biologists, the wolf needs to be delisted. It's recovered. But why why is this? Why do they follow this with such passion? Some of the corporate environmental groups. The um, animal corporate animal rights groups that are rich beyond belief. They have incredible amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Why do they want to do, why do they do this? Part of the reason they make the wolf their poster child is they can fundraise off from this. They make enormous amounts of money off from this by sending out, you know, pretty um uh fundraising appeals with a little puppy and saying, Gosh, big bad hunters are going to um, destroy this beautiful animal, which could be nothing further than the truth. Because hunters in, um, uh, in America, they believe in the North American model of managing wildlife that has been so successful. And you talk about it all the time, Chris. They use it as a fundraising appeal and they raise so much money. When I was in the state legislature, I talked to a local producer, a local television producer. They said, this issue got more looks than any other issue that would come in before that radio station or that television station. More than crime, more than the local sports teams, the wolf did. And I can attest to that because in my office in the legislature, we would get emails from Europe, from Australia, from all over the world, they have used this as the poster child, the wolf, to for their fundraising appeals. And that's part of the reason they have so much money. And it's also why they don't want to give it up. I want to add one other point. Here, If people want to, if we're going to be successful, remember back in 2010, when Montana got the delisting for, what was it, Montana, Idaho, I think it was Western Oregon and Washington, that got done because Senator John Tester was in the race of his life. Mm-hmm. And He said, he came to then majority leader, Harry Reid, and said, you got to get this delisting done or I don't know if I'm coming back as the U.S. Senator from Montana. Well, there's... Uh, not the same, but there are US senators that are up for re-election in 2024, and it is time to per, uh, put a lot of pressure on them. One of them is in my state, in Wisconsin, Senator Tammy Baldwin, who has expressed support for delisting the wolf, and I give her credit for that in the face of some of the radical environmentalists and animal rights groups that live as her neighbors in Madison, Wisconsin. People need to put the pressure on Senator Baldwin and others to get this done. This is the time to get it done Um, because, I mean, the science is there. The wolf has recovered.
0: Well, here's the thing. that They are raising uh, a tremendous amount of money uh, based on saving the wolf. But what are they doing with that money? You know, we have the Pittman-Robinson Act and we're raising billions of dollars and putting that directly into conservation. What are they doing?
2: Filing lawsuits, right, Lauren?
1: Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. They're not putting it into conservation, they're putting it in lawsuits. To go after more of your rights, um, to to take over more of uh, uh, of America like they want to, um, to radically change the agenda here um, in in our nation. And uh, gosh, they're so successful at it. Um, all of these groups do such a, a really a fantastic job at, at fundraising at our expense, and uh, and then turning around and and suing all of us for it. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this is a huge thing in putting pressure on your congressmen and on your senators. That pressure, um, that means a lot. Uh, there's there's a, a lot of things that go on. And when the, you know, the phones are blowing up in D.C. offices, uh, it makes a difference. The members want to know what those phone calls are about. And I know in my office, we actually take record of how many of what types of calls, what topics... Um, we're, we're getting in and, um, it gives me a good gauge on if I'm standing on the right side of the issue or not. Um, and, um, it, it's, it's so important to put that pressure on, but we also see, um, things like this happen in the opposite direction, um, all the time in, in, Washington, DC. I have to win my reelection. So I have to get this passed. Well, let's use this, um, to, to actually, um, preserve conservation and, uh, and to, um, put into statute that the gray wolves should not be on the endangered species list. Let's use it in reverse for good, because it's usually something that cripples our rights, that grows governments, that that spends money that we don't have, and um, we can put pressure on um, these senators and these congressmen who are up for re-election, um, all the congressmen are up for re-election <laughs> in two years, um, to actually get something done and, and pass something mean- meaningful.
2: Hey, Chris and Lauren, I would add this. So think about, I mentioned the delisting that happened in Montana and Idaho, uh, Washington and Oregon um, back in, it was about 2010. And they were warned that if you do this, if you allow management, if you allow hunting of wolves, wolves are going to be gone, right? That's what the naysayers said. Is the wolf off the landscape in Montana and Idaho? If anything, the numbers have grown. We have proof right here in the United States of America that when you return management to the states, the wolf will continue to thrive on the landscape. There's no reason for this delisting to not go through. And I hope everybody out there that's listening to this contact your congressman contact your u.s senators and say it is time for delisting because we want to preserve the endangered species act
0: well i know we're pressed for time here but uh in closing i want to say that you know over the past years the american public has been um programmed to trust the science how come they're not trusting the science here
1: well, that, pro- that science that they were programmed to trust was false. Um, and, it, 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 you know, so that's the problem here. Um, we Republicans, we've been saying trust the science on many, many issues because there is real scientific data um, that port- points to the solutions that we are pushing for. Um, unfortunately, um, the left trusts a narrative more than they do the science. And, and so that's what we are continuously battling. So um, we, we are really just using their argument against them and say, truly dig into this, look at the data, uh, look at the statistics, um, the studies that are out there a- and join us in, um, in delisting the gray wolf.
0: Well, I wanna thank you both for coming on today. I certainly appreciate everything that you're doing and uh, we look forward to speaking to you both again.
1: Thanks so much, Chris.
0: Thank you. Thank you, uh, Congressman Tiffany.
2: Good to join both you and Lauren in regards to this really important issue for all of America.
0: Okay, I appreciate your time and I'll let you get about your day. I know you got a uh, a full schedule today. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. Thanks again. Bye bye.
2: We love our children. We
1: protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair.